Hello, viewers, and welcome back to the newest episode of the Doctor Who Spin the Wheel podcast. Uh, it's uh, me hosting today. I got roped into this somehow. There's no Will or Andy today, but you are here with me, Mr. Mr. Michael K. Wilson, B.A., uh, and I do have two fantastic guests joining me today, uh, Mr. Jamie Mario Bowser 494. Uh, say hello, Jamie. Excellent. Hello. And uh, the uh, right honourable, prestigious Alexander Grogan, LLB, is joining us today as well. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> he, he insisted on his full title. He's getting ideas above his station, but uh, yeah. Not congrats. the right honourable just yet. <laughs> congrats, though. Uh, I'm honestly amazed at what you've been able to achieve and well done. But uh, <laughs> unfortunately, it didn't save you from having to watch the episode we're reviewing today. Oh, so. Um, so, yeah, just to get into it, then we may as well pull the bandage off as quickly as we can and mm. say that um, if you haven't heard on social medias or previous episodes, the episode that we're going to be reviewing today is the Jodie Whittaker classic, The Battle of Ransko of Kolos, the season Objection. 11 finale. <laughs> oh, it starts. Um, I think it's probably safe to say up top that if you're a fan of the episode, no offence, but you might want to tune out. <laughs> yeah. uh, certainly, I'm, I'm not going to crap on anything that anybody likes, and if you like it, I'm thrilled for you. I wish I could see something. I've seen, I, I have things that I've clawed at to try to rescue it from a, you know, a complete death of a score for me, but uh, they're few and far between. So, yeah, I think yeah. it's safe to say that uh, all three of us not a fan of this episode. Then I'm, I'm happy for anyone to like any episode. I'm, I'm yeah. most of the time I'm impressed if they like an episode. Like I'm impressed by anyone who um, gets any mild enjoyment from the web planet. <laughs> hey, I like that episode. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm impressed. <laughs> I get so, such a lot of crap off Will, uh, the co-host Will, for, for that one, but I'd I like it. I can't help myself. So uh, we'll uh, jump over to you then, Xander, and say that uh, how, how much did you love watching this episode? Well, I have to admit, I had to crack open a drink for this, I swear. <laughs> I, I could yeah. not rewatch really this episode with, a, with a, um, a fair judgment without alcohol. By the way, the Spin the Wheel podcast does not promote drinking. Please, re please drink responsibly. I'm jealous. I'm too young to drink. Oh. Well, this has been your legal PSA. Please drink responsibly. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't really drink, but I'd, honestly, I was tempted during the viewing of this. <laughs> oh, this, 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 this was just so bad. Yeah, it's not the greatest. Uh, we'll get into it, but um, just to give you some background as to how we ended up reviewing this, it, <laughs> to uh, how we ended up reviewing this, it was um, we've had to change kind of the entire team that are recording this episode because both of the original guests dropped out. Um, mm -hmm. I forget if I was supposed to be hosting or if I'm a replacement because I just go where Will sends me. <laughs> but um, so uh, yeah, it fell to me to kind of put some uh, some stories on the wheel. <laughs> that would get spun beforehand of the episode. And one of the guests that we were going to have on, who I won't name because curse his very existence, had watched uh, Ranskor Avkolos and said, oh, it's not that bad of an episode, really. It just doesn't work as a as a series finale. It's uh, Otherwise, it's perfectly fine. And I read that and was like, you know, I've only seen it once. I wouldn't mind giving it another look. Maybe I'll approach it that way. I'm very much a fan of the, the Whitaker-Chibnall era, so you never know. Yeah, uh, suffice to say that's utter BS. It's just not and a the, the ransom note will be delivered by the Royal Mail, never. <laughs> and that guest that was supposed to be on this episode was Mr. Chris Chibnall. No. <laughs> <laughs> if you would like to save your beloved Joe Writer, please send £5 billion to go yourself <laughs> White Hart Lane. Uh, Go get yeah. a bodyguard from uh, to protect him from Mike. <laughs> the weird thing is, I've discussed kind of you guys' thoughts vaguely with Will on kind of you know, in a third party way, and I still think I'm, despite the fact that I don't like the episode, and I'm certainly not, you know, spoiler alert, giving it a positive score. I think I'm the one who's going to be the most positive on it, so it's going to look like I like it because <laughs> I'm probably, you know, <laughs> at this point it was. Um, I think I, I left a quote to Will in the private chat that was going to be like, "It's going to seem like the episode ends with me being like, look, there's some really nice glittering polish." 
fish on that turd. <laughs> so, uh, of course, yeah. you can feel free to leave their comments in the form of an objection, and I will contact them in due course, and we can add sentence to Mr. Michael. Yeah, but uh, we'll uh, we'll kick things off with just a general sense before we start going into each other's kind of notes and scenes we liked and stuff. And uh, start with you, Jamie, and uh, we'll see. Before we get to the episode, can we just? Um, I know we scrapped news, but can we just briefly say, um, rest in peace, Jackie Lane? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. R.I.P. to uh, Jackie Lane, who played Dodo, the uh, the most unfairly underserved Doctor Who companion of the first Honestly, Doctor. So, watching her, I think I prefer to Susan. A hot take for sure, but uh, yeah, she didn't really get a chance to do much, and the, I, I've always kind of resented the way she was written out during. Yeah, the she was surprised. Yeah, and then just disappeared in episode two, never to return, which was. Sucky. I love the war machines. Though. I adore the war machines, but yeah, that 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 exit is very poo. Yeah, she disappears in episode two, and then in episode six or whatever the last one is, it's just like, oh, it turns out she's going to stay. So, oh, well, okay. <laughs> but, uh, I don't think I'd love it as much because it works well as a four-parter. Okay, episode four. <laughs> I can't even remember. But, uh, yeah, so no RIP to Jackie Lane. It's always sad to lose uh, doctors and companions or anybody that's been in the show. So, uh, yeah. But unfortunately, we have to pivot to something almost equally as bad as the bad news. So, uh, yeah, just did you have any general thoughts on the episode before we go into the, the weeds of it, uh, Jamie? Anything that you wanted to say? Um, well, um, I, used, I used to call this the most boring finale, but not mm. the worst. Rewatching right. it, I think it's become, the, for modern who at least, it's become the worst finale and not just yeah. the most boring. Because... Honestly, rewatching Hellbent not too long ago, it did get slightly better. Like the first third is actually really good, so it's only so it's got up to like a three out of ten. But this, the battle of unlimited rice pudding, is worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The battle of radiators and crumpets is uh, is not a great episode <laughs> for sure. So always, me and my mates, we always um like give it funny. It's like one of my um one of my mates calls it the battle of stinky socks. <laughs> well, any joke, any joke's funnier than the recurring joke of calling the guy Tim Shaw that Chibnall seems to think is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> it was never funny once, but yeah. So, um, Mr. Zander, sir, what are your general thoughts about the episode? Diabolical. Next. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I um, abstain from comment. Let's dissect this. <laughs> Let's go. frog. <laughs> Indeed. So, no, um, the, the very first thing that I've said in my notes is that um, the dialogue is really painful and it's clearly trying too hard. Um, this is all kind of I, I was trying to deal with the writing first and foremost. Um, and that was that's something that you can't really escape because it's throughout the episode, pretty much. Um, I think would probably be in universal agreement there. The dialogue, not the best. No, I don't remember the, like 99 percent of the dialogue. Well, the best example I can come up with is, and I discussed this with Will, I absolutely hate the fact that some of the, the biggest criticisms of this era, which I usually try to defend because I like sort of big chunks of it, some of the biggest criticisms that I always hear leveled are that the Doctor is really flighty and doesn't really know where, where she stands on a lot of things and morally she's questionable. And Chibnall literally mm -hmm. just has her out and out say that in the dialogue, which I do not understand the the logic of that decision where it's like, you know... Uh, we're going to have to blow things up, but then Ryan complains that, oh, you wouldn't let me blow up the sniper bots. And she just basically says, well, you know, you and you, but just ignore my rules anyway, because they're all changeable. Yeah, this, and... this, this, is, this is coming from the same woman who locked a lot of spiders in a vault and left them to suffocate to death back in episode four. Because that was the um, mm. more thing to do instead of just a quick, um, painless death. Is it still <laughs> death? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's just a woman like, oh, oh, I don't want you shooting people. And Graham, if you try and enact revenge on your dead wife, you can't travel with me. And then next, yeah. it's a case of, you know, dead spiders go wee. Yeah, if, if I'm on the brink of death, I'd rather be um, sh shot really quickly instead of slowly suffocated. Just saying. Yeah. Maybe uh, spiders they If they're spiders, though, they deserve it. But anyway. No, the thing is, I, 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 I don't... Someone who actually defends Arachnids in the UK... For the most part, well, maybe not for the most part. Yeah. Okay, I like it ironically, but 
You don't get me yeah. started on that episode as well. No, we're not reviewing that one. But no, that's just my point is that there's a lot of kind of moral arguments. And I almost I almost wouldn't mind if there was any consistency. Um, but the sheer lack of any consistency. And then, like I said, the fact that the dialogue explicitly calls it out with, oh, I just make up the rules as I'm going along. Nobody cares. It's like, how am I supposed to argue that that's not what you're doing to him when you literally have admitted it? Do you know what I mean? So, mm. uh, yeah, not the greatest, I think, in uh, in terms of that particular bit of dialogue. Uh, let me I just see. Dialogue. I can only remember two lines. Those two lines are the doctor going, "Oh, congratulations! It must be so cool." And Graham saying, "Yippee ki motherfucker!" Except in the uh, the yippee ki robot. Yeah, which doesn't really make a lot of sense, does it? <laughs> anyway, never mind. That's the kind of yeah. diehard version where he says, "Yippee ki melon farmer." Yippee ki Mr. Falcon on the um, the American TV edit, which makes even less sense. <laughs> But, yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's just uh, not great. And then what was the other bit? Yeah, the other thing, the other complaint that I hear a lot that I constantly find myself having to defend is that the Doctor delivers a lot of exposition, which, to be fair, I would say all the Doctors do to the companions or to fill in the audience, but there's a way to do it properly. And that way is not to have the Doctor meet somebody and then effectively spout out their Wikipedia entry back to them. So like when she uh, she meets the um, the female member of the Ux and she's like, you're from the Ux, you're a dual race, there's only ever two of you. And I'm like, she knows. Why are you telling her this? <laughs> it, it would have made more sense if, if like Yaz was there or something. It's like, that's an Ux, um, you know, there's only two of them. Yeah, have somebody to talk, to explain it too, but then just explaining it to somebody that, I was genuinely waiting for the woman to turn around and be like, you know, I do know this. You're describing me. Well, even if it was talking to herself, it's, it's preferable to just like, oh, do you know who you are? It would be roughly like me walking up to one of you guys and being like, oh, you're a human male. You know, <laughs> yeah, I know. What <laughs> do with you? But, uh, yeah. yeah, I do think... Um, there's bits and pieces that I love, but I think in terms of the dialogue, just to wrap that up, I think there are some good moments, but they're almost all at the end of the episode, and they're kind of let down by the fact that they're parts of plot ideas that don't entirely work. Um, so, for example, I love that kind of Graham steps up without having to resort to kind of murder and killing people in, in that regard. Uh, and I do... I do Perhaps it was just Stockholm Syndrome, but I did kind of let out a laugh at sort of, I shot him, but only in the foot. Don't tell the doctor she'll be livid, which I thought was, uh, you know, yeah. I thought that, that was amusing enough, better than most of the other things in the episode. And uh, likewise, when Graham says he wasn't strong enough to kill him and the doctor replies, you're the strongest person I know, well, one of the few. Again, brilliant dialogue, but it's the very end of the episode. And uh, yeah, the same with them. Most of the audience is already out by then. Yeah, completely. And it's the same with the big speech at the end. It's a fantastic speech about, you know, travel, hopefully, and all the rest of it. But it comes so from out of absolutely nowhere that it's basically like, oh, crap, Chibnall was writing and remembered this was a season finale and had to write some kind of, you know, full stop at the end of the season that he just quickly scribbled in. So it, it also falls kind of flat because of where it's placed. I think most of us can agree that Resolution is the actual series on finale. Because it, yeah, I it was would say that. Having Absolutely. A, yeah. Having a bigger and better villain, and you know, also just being like it ties up all the um, remaining um, loose ends. Like it just, yeah, it's like, yeah. Yeah, it's it's the shame though is that then you don't get the symmetry which he clearly wanted, which I'm not overly fond of anyway. Of having Tim Shaw, oh, sigh, uh, as the sort of first and last villain and and whatever, but. Again, I think that's a character that Chibnall thinks is way more impressive than he actually is, because he's just... I, I hate that character like so much. It's just... <laughs> like the Pating. Yeah, well, at least the Pating aren't the focus of, like, the first and last episode is, like, the main... Like, this is the big threat. I mean, if you look at the season finales, they've pretty much universally featured, like, Daleks or Cybermen or The Master. Um, I think I read somewhere this is the only series finale of the entirety of New Who that doesn't at any point have a returning monster from the classic series and yeah maybe they could have used something you know but uh yeah not a fan mm. but just quickly um just to move us along from there did you guys have any thoughts on the sort of the dialogue in the episode and the writing or not well i already said that i forgot 99 percent of it and only remember two <laughs> lines and the rest was just boredom it was just have to agree <clears throat> yeah 
Do you guys think it's uh, think I'm being fair about the sort of nice couple of moments at the end, or is it just like too little, too late, or did you just not respond to them whatsoever? Okay, I I did um, I I do have um, a you know a positive. I quite like Graham in this. I just think he's a he's a. I just think his stuff is actually quite good. Like, yeah, I would agree. Yeah. And the ending is actually quite nice. So that's why this story isn't totally awful. Yeah, I would agree. I think Graham's one of the better parts, but again, that's also it also feeds into a criticism I have because I have a note that it would be really nice to explore the potential moral dilemma that's presented of like, is Graham justified in wanting to kill him because of of him killing Grace and even to the point of like, I, I would have liked them to explore is what ultimately happens to Tim Shaw any better than killing him? Because it seems kind yeah. of, <laughs> it seems kind of worse. It's like I mean, we 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 see Tim Shaw ended up putting his hand to the glass, and I'm just getting vibes. That it's going to be like the silence from series six. He's going to find a way to break out of the glass because he's like this insanely powerful creature. Oh, I swear God. to God, if he brings him back in the next couple series, I swear. I refuse to call him his joke name. If Zimshar is the um, is the villain which kills um, the thirteenth Doctor, I think no one will like that. No, it's not so much. I don't think. I think that might have even been the plan at some point, and it's kind of a writer's trick of like, you know, that why Batman doesn't kill the Joker kind of thing because then he can't come back time and time again. But even aside from that, I was like. Are they making clear if this sort of stasis thing, is it just that he's held in stasis or because they're like the entire time I want you to think about Grace and I'm like, so are you conscious? Is this because that's like really horrendous if you're like hundreds of thousands of years just trapped but not able to move, like just kill me. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? But uh, I get the... I get the point that morally it kind of frees Graham's soul, I guess, from having done it. And I do like that point. But again, a little bit of an exploration of some of these bigger concepts rather than just lip service might have been nice. But uh, yeah, that's Chibnall all over. But I think that that's another point that I did make when I was discussing it with Will is that I think there's some really good concepts and stuff here that you could almost get a two-parter out of it if you actually took the time to explore any of it. Um, you'd still probably have to do a script polish, but yeah, I feel like you either need to take something out to get it to 45 minutes or expand it so that you've got time to do more. Um, would you guys agree or no? Uh, I don't think this. I don't think the story has enough meat on its bones to be um, two parts. If it was, it'd probably be even worse. <laughs> Fair enough. I just, I'm just meaning from my perspective, it's kind of like the introduction of the Ux comes from absolutely nowhere. Um, and the entirety of like, again, this is something I've discussed with Will, but the fact that the entirety of what the episode is named for, the epic battle and stuff happens off screen, like you don't see any of it. And that was our biggest, when we were discussing it, one of our biggest problems with the episode was that it does the criminal writing scene of telling and not showing. So everything that's happened, you just learn of as exposition and, and stuff in the dialogue um, or flashbacks. And it's like, well, that's not how you tell a story. That's terrible. You know what I mean? How so, you, who are you, George Lucas? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> At least George Lucas shows you something, then explains it, as opposed to, like I said, it's... it's yeah. It's just, it's so bad that he introduces these big-ass concepts, like introducing the Ux and then having the Doctor explain them poorly and introducing how Zimshar ended up there and then only finding that out and that, you know, the the Earth Defense Force or whatever sent a fleet that were utterly decimated, but don't worry about that, we're only going to see the aftermath and the sort of ship graveyard. And it's like, there are some really cool ideas that you've just brushed over in favor of stupid crap, you know? <laughs> but uh, anyway... So, yeah, I think overall, um, the plot as it was, I, I thought, was a little bit confusing. And, and even worse than that, I think it's just not engaging at all. It, it completely no. didn't grab me. <laughs> so, uh, perhaps that relates to what you were saying, Jamie, about it being just a little bit boring, which I don't... I, I feel like it didn't have to be. It's the way it's written. But, yeah, I was struggling to focus and to stay engaged. It's not a little bit way. boring. It's massively boring. <laughs> I mean, I was checking um, the time every five minutes. Yeah, I, I wasn't quite that bad and I was waiting for sort of good things to happen and like, well, if I focus, you know, give it its fair dues. But like I said, it's just it, it doesn't engage you in any way. And that seems like a shame because I feel like Chibnall is capable of that. He's written episodes that I really do like. Um, I'm a huge fan of the episode 42, which I find incredibly engaging. But then I'm yeah. wondering if, if that's just the... Um, what do you call it, the kind of unique idea of well you're on a countdown so things have to be tense yeah, <laughs> I don't really like 42 I don't really like 42 
It's like, it's, like the end of the, it's like the end of the world. I know that was written by T. Davis, but it's like they've got 30 minutes to make sure... Well, they've got 30 minutes to obviously watch the world burn, and then in the last two minutes, it's a case of race against the race against the earth and the mm. sun. And that was a good episode. Yeah, but it's, it's all in the writing, because I've said that on my notes as well, is that even at the very end, when it comes down to the entire Earth's about to be destroyed, we've got a matter of seconds or minutes or whatever, the, the net's enveloping it. And I was like, so why does it feel like there's no stakes to this whatsoever? They're blatantly yeah. telling right. us outright, you know? I remember seeing like someone um, talk about this episode, and they said that, you know, the way to make this story a lot better is, you got, you got this great big laser thing engulfing the whole of Earth, well, we know people on Earth. Why don't we cut to Yaz's family's reaction yeah. to this? Yeah, like, exactly. Just have, having them see, like, what the hell is that? And just having it be brought up in later episodes as well, it's just like, it feels like this story never happened because, like, some, like, resolution, you don't see, um, you know, you have to be like, oh, so scared, there was a great big laser sky and stuff. Did you not see that? Yeah, I saw it. I, I, I inadvertently prevented it. I mean, or something yeah. like that. I don't, I don't feel like the, the people on Earth would necessarily have known any different. I think that was more a visual for our benefit and it never got that far. But at the same time, like you said, one of the scenes I actually do really love is that um, because I love Yaz and everyone always whinges about having no character development, I love that she actually steps up and it's like if we take off these neural things, the planet's psychic thing or whatever will attack us. Uh, but she offers to do it and like you say, she's like, well, you know what? For the Earth, I'll do it and I'll leave myself vulnerable. And it's like, imagine if, like you said, Jamie, there'd been a scene of Yaz's family and then you could actually reinforce like that's what she's doing it about and give that some personal stakes it would have on earth where it cuts to um you know everyone's like reacting to what's yeah. going on exactly i mean i get it yeah it's earth and we're invested in it or you would hope we were anyway but like you say it just feels so detached and distant that it's it's a bit of a shame that i think like it's in it because i didn't i forgot that they were trying to take earth until my um rewatch last year well, that's the thing is that, again, the other note that I've got is that this entire plan of, of Zimshars is, doesn't make any sense. It's contrived as heck. And it, like, what's it about exactly? So he wants to shrink a bunch of planets, specifically, I think, those that have opposed the Stenza, and then just keep them. And it's like, is that it? That's I think, I think like... it the quick um, finale stake or something. Just quick finale stake. So uh, uh, shrink planets. Yeah. It goes for Earth. Boom. Yeah, but even that, it's not original because you're copying things like the Stolen Earth or heck even... I've, I've actually got this in my notes. It's a case yeah, of... Hang on. Stole five planets, Daleks got there first. Cutting yeah. the doors down, Daleks again. Ooh, you yeah. took out the cables that are keeping you alive. Cyber controller, stop nicking ideas, Chibnall. <laughs> I didn't it's pick like... up on the cyber controller, but yeah, you're right. Well, it's like when he's when he's on the um, when he's on um, you know that's helping him to breathe. Whatever's keeping him alive, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he takes the cables out to go after um, Ryan and Graham, and it's like, well, that's what the cyber controller did in series two. Yeah, he's on his throne, and it's a case of the whole thing blowing up, and he goes after the Doctor and them lot. He climbs the ladder. It's fine to base a story off another idea, like you know, haunting ability of Darty is is um, quite similar to Silver Turk, but it's like it's got its own things around it. But this is like a straight-up rip-off. It's all exactly. about how it's written. It's a blatant copy of some of the best episodes of Doctor Who, and what? it's like, yeah. no! Yeah, there is a lot of that, but then I think, again, it's even if you're going to do that, don't be so stupid as to reference the better version of the same thing in your script. So, like, having the Doctor, like, literally... Everyone's just going to point fingers at, like, okay, this is a story. This is a better version of the story. Yeah, don't have the doctor actively say like oh this TARDIS can manage it we once toured the earth back when a bunch of planets were stolen and I was like don't bring up what you're nicking from it just makes it worse that you're so brazen it, you know what it reminds me of what's played for a joke in the 10th Doctor's era when they're meeting Agatha Christie and it's a murder mystery and then Donna responds with that would be like meeting Charles Dickens and he's surrounded by ghosts at Christmas and it's yeah. like but that's yeah. that's at least funny and it's yeah. different enough that you're like I get the theme but what you don't want to do is have the Doctor meet 
Shakespeare surrounded by witches and then point out like this is just like that time we met Charles Dickens and you know what I mean? it's anyway yeah. I'm getting the bogged oh, down a bit. Oh yeah Shakespeare I once saw you on a screen once before I'm right before looking at the Beatles playing tickets or items fighting off the Daleks. <laughs> yeah anyway yeah, in terms of in terms of kind of plotting of, of Zimshaw and whatnot, one of the things I wondered about, which the episode doesn't explain at all, is how exactly does he live as long? Like, does he just do make the Ux do something to keep him alive? Do the Stenza naturally live for a long time? Because he I'm, finds out he's been there for like a thousand and something and plus seven years. Three thousand four hundred and seven years. Yeah. The thing which confused me is the Ux live for an, for a millennia, not three millennia. How are the same ones still alive? Uh, yeah, I didn't even pick up on that. And again, uh, that's jibbed all over for you, isn't it, really? So, uh, they live for 10,000 years, I believe you, but a millennia it seems like they only live for 1,000 years and it was 3,000 years jump. So do they have think, uh, exactly the same? Well, why, how come they don't age? I mean, fair enough, they live that long, but the fact that they both look... First of all, how are they clearly different ages anyway? If they're supposed to come into existence and die at the same time and whatever. Um, and, but yeah, I mean, what we're talking about with the whole idea of the Ux, I absolutely hate because they're, they're deus ex machina, the species. It's just literally, he needs somebody to be able to invent whatever you want. So he, and it's what the issue I have with a lot of things, apologies, Will, but in the Moffat era where they try to explain it away and it ultimately comes down to it's just magic, shut up. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I agree with you. And I love the Moffat era. Not all of it, but it's like, if you're going to give an explanation yeah, that... that works, fair enough. But then, like I said, something like the Ux is so brazen that it's like, how can they just create stuff out of nothing? They just can. They're just a race that does that. But you can't they just invent... Episode out of nothing. <laughs> well, exactly, but that's just it. It's like, you can't just invent something to solve every one of your writing problems and then just say, well, they can just do it, shut up. Do you know what I mean? It's... Mm -hmm. They're far too convenient, and then even then, the idea that this all-powerful race are just gullible enough to be tricked by the Stenza, and, you know, it's it's all too ridiculous. It just doesn't hold up. It, even its own internal logic just kind of falls apart. And, yeah, I just I, I struggle to understand, like I said, what his motives are if he's lived for 3,000-plus years, and yet at the end of it, he's just going to capture a bunch of planets that are going to be ornaments somewhere, like... Yeah. So what, is he just going to spend the rest of whatever his lifespan is dusting his ornamental planets and being pleased with himself? <laughs> oh, he's, he's been um, Good day. Years. He's still salty. Yeah, exactly. Like, how does he even remember who she is at this point? He met her once 3,007 years ago, and he's like, I will never forget that. Dude, chill. <laughs> I, I thought you were, um, I thought you had longer hair. Uh, no. <laughs> no, that was the show. I thought you had um, different clothes. I got a new jacket. I mean, that's yeah. It's so stupid because, again, it's just anyway. But yeah, as I said, there are things that I like. I liked Yar stepping up, and I liked, as you said, Graham, I think, is good in the episode. And I like that he he morally does the right thing, even though it's almost by accident. Um, but one I like thing I didn't. One thing I didn't like, which um, relates to kind of like feeling like there's no stakes and, and that there's no real value for the lives that were saved on Earth, is that why did he make the decision that all the members of the planets that had already been captured are all dead? Because it's like, it's supposed to be an epic triumphant moment when the Doctor reverses the thing or whatever, and then all the planets go back to the right place in the universe. And I'm like, it doesn't matter because all the people from there are still dead. It's just so stupid because, like, well, the, the balance is back to normal in the universe because we put the planets back. Yeah, but there's no point. They have no population anymore. <laughs> you haven't done anything great. So... <laughs> I'm very aware that I'm talking a lot and you guys haven't really said a lot, so I want to give you a chance to jump in with any notes that you've got. And, uh... All right, um, this, this, is, this story is too basic to be a finale and too boring to be enjoyed as a standalone story. Yep, I would agree. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with that one. What about you, uh, Xander? You seem very uh, vitriolic about the episode and discussing it, and yet it seems like you almost don't even have the wherewithal to have bothered making notes because you just couldn't be honest. <laughs> like, no, I have. Oh. I, made, I made a whole document of notes. It's just this episode is so crap. I don't really want to talk about it. <laughs> Here we go. So apparently the translation of Colossus means soul disintegration, apparently. Disintegration of the soul. That's what I felt like watching this. <laughs> the, battle nice. of, the battle of the disintegration of the soul. Thank you, Daddy. Mm. Uh, yes, that was so, uh, season uh, 11 
Apparently the planet has the ability to change your moods to the extreme and it's like it gives you selective amnesia and you know yeah. you well, want to kill because you need it to exactly like that's not a bad idea within itself but that's the point is that he's putting Jibnall puts a hat on top of a hat because he needs all these things to be convenient for his plot so yeah fair enough the planet psychically attacks you and whatever on its own that's fine but the planet does that it's the same planet where the Uxlip live who can create almost anything it's the same planet where Zimshaw coincidentally just randomly ended up when the doctor knacked his device or whatever it's the same planet that the ninth fleet of earth or whatever are well aware of and, and trying to attack the nine planets <laughs> well, yeah well i mean just it's too much it's too many like you yeah, I mean, I, I, I side at that. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. So it's like an interplanetary version of the UN. Well, I'm fine with that because that's happened before. I mean, you've got versions of that even as far back as the Daleks' master plan. But again, if you're going to introduce a concept like that, show it. The Daleks' master plan is infinitely times better than the story. Exactly. The fucking masterpiece. That's because the Daleks' master plan has some really cool aliens and stuff making a conference. And it's of- missing. Instead of freaking Mark Addy just telling you that, oh, I had a whole fleet of people, but yeah, like, they've gone. The, yeah. Dice is like <laughs> 10 times the length of this. Yeah, I was not bored once with the Dice Master Plan. I was bored the whole time through this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I I don't get... I don't get the point of focusing on like Mark Addy's lost memory or anything as well because if you're going to do that at least make the resolution of it no pun intended something that's actually interesting as opposed to just like oh I remember now two seconds of screen time yeah it is it's just like I remember now I had a crew oh there they are oh yeah we attacked him and failed like what oh Oh, yeah I forgot because it was really stupid and I didn't care to learn it because there were a lot of stupid sidecast names like the only one I wrote down because it genuinely made me laugh ironically was Oomsang the one who got killed on the screen Oh, yeah, which again came from absolutely nowhere and seemed not to matter remotely within about a second of it happening. (laughs) So stupid. But yeah, I mean, the wasted Mark Addy, who I've seen do decent acting and stuff. Uh, Why is he there? It doesn't make any sense. Again, it's just kind of like you can have... It seems like it's so you can have the triumphant moment of, we rescued the crew of that one ship. I was like, yeah, there's like 40 other ships out there whose crews you didn't save and five planets. (laughs) Don't bite yourself on the back, you know? Good. Not... Anyway, carry on, Xander. Did you have any other kind of notes? Because I just interrupted you again there. No, it's fine. Um, Let's say one of the main things as well with it is that, um, you know, that the Doctor's saying, like, if you kill, you can't come with me and everything. And and I I was reading that and I was thinking, well, how many people have you let in the TARDIS who have killed? I mean, you've got oh, Lilo, you've got yeah. Jack, you've got Rose, you've got Mickey, though we don't mention his name. You've got Jamie. Um, then we've got the, doc- the, the, the Doctor themselves. I mean, Jesus, mm. two incarnations committed genocide. So how exactly would you not allow anyone in the TARDIS to travel with you by killing, and yet yeah, you Barbara just killed you a, yeah, Barbara killed an innocent creature in the rescue. Yep, Barbara, there you go. I would have got rid of her if I found out about that, though, because that was just heartbreaking. See, again, that's one of the things that it relates to what I was saying, and that I would be fine with it, and I like the idea, but it would be nice if it was consistent, and Mm. if they don't point out in the dialogue that it's inconsistent, because like I said, it's not far after that that she's like, oh, don't don't mind me telling me your rules, they change all the time. I was like, so how is Graham supposed to take your threat remotely seriously then? You've just basically said like, oh, whatever I say, just ignore it, I talk shit. (laughs) But uh, anyway. Speaking of the, the, if you kill him, you know, you can't let each other with me. Um, I think all, I think all of the fan kills some of the robots. Well, yeah, but they're robots. Again, that's again. If there was consistency, and it's like it's fine. But, yeah. As the, uh, <laughs> as the doctor said in um, Kablam. <laughs> that's my point. There's so much inconsistency, but yeah, it's it's so stupid. I, I, I'm I, I don't. It's, it bugs me because there are things about the Doctor's character that I really respond to that are written here, but they're either contradicted within the episode or just make no sense in context. So. Anyway, carry on, Xander, drag us through this one. No, that's not such it. All right. Um, right then, uh, my turn, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I always forget that the robots from the Ghost Monument come back. Yeah, um, they're shit. 
The sniper bots yeah. are just bad. <laughs> Boring. I feel, like they were, I feel like they were only added in to be like, oh yeah, this is a pro finale. We're not just referencing the opening, we're referencing multiple episodes in the series. And it's like, just, yeah, just throw the robots in there. But again, though, if I may interject, don't build them up as like, oh, it's these guys who are a really cool threat. And then have them defeated by something as stupid as just duck and they'll shoot each other. I mean, that is kind of, I mean, that is a clever plan, but it's like... It's not clever at all. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. They're called um, sniper bots, like snipers who are trained to be a crack exact shot, but they miss everything. Yeah. <laughs> no. All right, here's, here's a little nit... Well, not really nit, but just a pet peeve I have with not just this episode, just the chip layer in general. Everything? Always, for me, I always feel like there's so many close-up shots. Like... Mm. That's probably just me, but it's like whenever um, Zimshar is talking, we always have to be like an inch away from his face. It's like, I don't yeah. want to be this close. And it's like, time as children. I can count the number of hairs up Tech Tayun's nose. Put the camera back. <laughs> I I mean, in the case of this episode, I think in the case of this episode, it's... is the weakest because there's too many, many close-up shots. Oh, sorry. Um... Yeah, I'll say, I think in this episode it's because he, he's trying desperately, Chibnall and the director and everything, to be like, this guy is an epic threat, but he's not. He's a rip-off of everything from the Predator to the Herogen from Star Trek, and it's like, he's not threatening whatsoever. The fact that you then have him effectively completely flawed by a friggin' bus driver from Sheffield <laughs> in one yeah. shot. I think, Again, I think it says something, that I feel more threatened by some human villains from classic yeah. thing like... I feel more threatened from Tagana the Warlord. Yeah, by far. But um, that's the thing, just don't build him up. And if you're going to try to do that, at least give it a character that we've got some bigger history than one episode with. Like, you know, if, if it had been, some people would have complained, but if it had been Davros, for example, at least you've then got, all right, there's decades of backstory that have proven this guy to be a threat, so I believe it, as opposed to just, who remember that one episode when he killed, like, one dude and got completely effed Exactly a funny story. When I um, when I saw the next time trailer at the end of it takes you away for this story, and um, Zimjar's voice um, played, mm. uh, yeah, I didn't recognise his voice, so I just randomly like my brain just randomly made a, a connection with something, and I thought it was Sutak for some reason. And like, <laughs> when, when the next time trailer, I wish I it was Davros for some yeah. reason. And then when they put the next time trailer on YouTube, I was like, oh, what? Uh, it sounds like Sutek or Davros. And everyone was like, nah, it's the Tooth Dude, nah, it's Zimshar. It's like, <laughs> so I pretty much already knew he was going to be back because everyone else could figure out his voice. Yeah. Yeah, completely. But again, I don't, I just don't get it. I've said this already, but just to reinforce, what's his plan? What's his plot? Why does he live that long? Why have the Stenza suddenly got a bloody uh, collective consciousness or a, a, the equivalent of the Dalek pathweb where the Ux can conveniently tap in and build everything they've ever invented somehow? Tons of questions. Why is Doctor Who turned shit? <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't say that. We're, people are going to be on us. We're going to have to make a five-hour video. It's, it's going to be a whole thing. <laughs> I, mean, I will say that I am preferring Classico at the moment, but that's just, that's just me. Yeah, likewise. There's episodes that I really like. Like I said, the, the annoying thing is that I'm a defender of this era for the most part. And there's episodes in it that I like. But even I watching this, I'm like, it doesn't work at all. And I'm surely... Not, I'm, I'm like the middle ground of this era. I don't love it, don't hate it, just kind of indifferent towards it. And it's not well, my least favorite era. Graham Williams yeah. era is poo. Um, but yeah. But yeah, I no, I don't... Back to, to... Going back to Zimshar for a minute, because I, I keep forgetting it. I've just remembered it again. So we have to remember it. I, I, I just want to say that. Um, Zimshar, he isn't a bad villain in terms of... He is. He's a bad finale villain, but I was like, uh, as a villain to introduce the new Doctor, I think he does his job. I think he works fine. He's like he's like Prisoner Zero. Nothing too special. He just... He's there, but it's mostly the new Doctor, which is um, you know, part of the woman felt worth. It's, you're not really looking for the villain. So I can excuse it. But he is not finale worthy. It's like yeah. as, as just a regular villain, he's fine. There's so many, um, you know, boring, boring villains. You know, he, he's he, he just he's just fine. But finale, nah, -uh. nah. -uh. I haven't seen this bad. I, I, I haven't seen this bad of a finale villain since. Uh, don't don't tell me. Um, uh, <laughs> was a classic who finale was a bad villain. Well, to be fair, there's no really decent villain in Wedding of River Song either. <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I suppose Invasion of Time. I, I know the Sontarans are in it, but they're stupid and look disgusting. Yeah. 
But uh, no, see that I I would disagree with you there um, without wanting to, to to argue or to get into a review of Woman Who Fell to Earth because I remember when I watched that episode, I hated the character even then because he's such a blatant ripoff of all these kind of sci-fi horror tropes, and he didn't impress me. And I don't think, and I hate being negative, uh, you know, because it's it's all somebody's job and somebody might like it, but I don't think the actor's very good either. Like how he got cast in the role because he, I just I'm not feeling it at all. Uh, so the fact is you've got a derivative character played by an actor who just isn't hitting whatever he's supposed to be hitting. Uh, and yeah, I, I remember being really disheartened watching The Woman Who Fell to Earth because I was like, oof, this is the first thing Chibnall's created on his own in his own era, and it's crap. <laughs> you know? yeah. And then you have to wait so long in Series 11 because I was thinking that the entire time, I was like, yes, he's made the uh, commitment of no returning monsters and everything, but if you're going to do that, at least make your own monsters memorable. And in my opinion, um, I I know people would even disagree with me on this, but in my opinion, the first monster I thought was decent wasn't until the Morax and the Witchfinders. It's like virtually the end of the season. I mean, I I didn't... I mean, the first villains I liked, well, they, they technically weren't even villains. It was um, the Kablam men. I thought they looked kind of, I thought they looked quite cool and quite creepy. Well, that's the thing. The best things he invents aren't villains. The Thajarians in Demons of the Punjab are really cool, not villains. Well, look, oh, yeah, they look cool, but they're... Just... Yeah, the main villain of that story was Minesh, the bloke. And Demons of the Punjab is a good episode. I love that episode, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when you think he's got his... Ha- hang on it. The new villains, the dregs suck. Sorry, they do. I think they. I think they're awful. Yeah, uh, I agree. Well, uh, okay, this is probably a hot take, but I never clicked with the Skithra. I don't, oh, I don't mind the Skithra. They're, they're fine. I just, I just don't like them. Again, close-up shots again. The, the Queen Skithra always like an inch away from her face. That's the main thing I remember. Yeah. The Skithra, though, are a great example of my point in terms of the actor, in that the Skithra aren't great, but because you've cast Anjali Mahindra, and I think she gives a fantastic performance in the lead oh, yeah. of that species, that almost so saves... Because they're always an, an inch away from her face. <laughs> but that almost saves the performance and the sort of generic sci-fi idea because it is the Ragnos, as everybody points out. But because you've got a good actor doing that, then it works. So again, this guy playing Sim Shaw, like at least recast him or something so that we give a crap, you know? But uh, yeah, anyway, I think I've went through almost everything well, in my I, notes. I, I, I put down that the congratulations, it must be so cool line um, is good because it's good gift material. Because mm, I, I, I like using it. I don't even recall the line you're talking about, to be honest. I think it's like when the, when the Doctor meets the Ox after the dictionary definition. It's like, oh, congratulations. It must be so cool. Mm. But yeah, um, don't like the Ox. They, they might have been an interesting idea, but they, they're too much. They're kind of god tech given form and they're a deus ex machina. I don't like them. Uh, I don't like that Chibnall insists on callbacks to things in his era that didn't work, that I didn't like in the first place. So I, I didn't like the Stenzer, I didn't like the sniper bots, so of course I'm not excited that they're coming back. It yeah. seems like... Yeah. Like, get, read the rum, Chibnall. <laughs> the plan and the plot are still stupid as heck. The idea that... He falls into the cliche of when he's unplugged himself from the cyber controller thing. He starts monologuing his entire plan while he's running. <laughs> I'm like, just, dude, you're not threatening when you're doing crap like this. It doesn't work. I don't get also why he kept hostages, random hostages from that one ship. But again, that's just plot that doesn't seem to matter, I guess, at this point. Yeah, because like he's destroyed the inhabitants of almost all the planets, and then it's like, but I'm keeping these what like a dozen people just as trophies. Why? <laughs> that's that's the, the ultimate question. To a lot of this episode, though, the ultimate question is just why, why or how. You can't explain that because it doesn't make sense. But uh, yeah, on a positive note, I did like Graham and Ryan's interactions. I thought they were decent. Um, and again, I liked the things that I already shouted out. I liked that Yaz steps up and, and gets a bit of development. I liked the ultimate resolution between Graham and, and Simshaw and um, you know his, his ultimate decision and the way that's written in dialogue. I like the Doctor's dialogue at the end, but it's still a damp squib ending, especially for a whole season would be what I would say. Uh, and yeah, it's just really, really poor. <laughs> um, so that's effectively my conclusion. So before I give a score or anything, uh, which one of you guys wants to go first with anything else you've got to say and uh, any conclusion you might have? Well, the last thing I have to say pretty much leads directly into my rating and stuff. So I'll hold off for a minute. Okay. Well, yeah, Finn. Um, and what about you then, Xander? Crap episode still. 
<laughs> Do you have any other grievances you wanted to, to nope. air? Nope. <laughs> I can tell because you're, you're like I was when I had to review The Big Bang, which, again, I know it's controversial, but I just don't like. And I had so much that I didn't like and I just couldn't be bothered. I was like, I just can't even be bothered to think about it. I just didn't like it. It didn't work for me at all in any way, shape, or form. But... Uh, so, yeah. So, yeah, I may as well jump in then and I'll give my quick, uh, as I said, that was effectively my conclusion that there's a couple of things that save the episode, I think, from being, that save it from being in the forest of the night, let's say, um, where there's oh, things I was... Don't talk about that episode in front of me. <laughs> second also crap in the forest of the shite. It was the worst, but then the web planet came along and made it um, second worst. I can't believe you. But no, so I don't think it's as dead boring as stuff like that. And there's a couple of scenes that has, that I have interesting things that I try to latch onto. Um, and I think Jodie's acting is really good for large portions of the episode, especially with what she's given, which is crap. But all of these are things that can't detract from the fact that it's just not an enjoyable experience and there's too many glaring and obvious flaws for any writer who isn't aware that he really needs help or a second pass at the script or a co-writer. Um, so I've actually gone slightly down on this from when I first rewatched it because originally I was going to say a 2.5 out of 10 would be my score. But honestly, the more I've kind of thought about it since, I'm, I'm taking the 0.5 away. I'm just going to say 2 out of 10 for the couple <laughs> of scenes and the little moments that I did like. Um, and even then, I've got a feeling I'm probably going to be the most positive on this at the end of the day. Yeah, so, yeah it's a 2 out of 10 from me. So... Uh, Jamie, did you want to give your conclusion right. in your score? I was way too generous on this when I rewatched it last year. How the flip I gave it a four is just beyond me. That is way too high. I must have been drunk or something. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I was just there was enough death because I watched it for the video showing all the deaths in one news. So I was just like, oh, okay, there's enough death. It's uh, it works, ah. I guess. Perfect. <laughs> That sounds really morbid out of God, <laughs> Basically, the grain stuff is good and wraps up um, him and Ryan's arc well. Everything else is shite. Mm. That's just playing it split. Before re-watching this episode for the second time, I only had one episode which was a 2 out of 10, that being Dinosaurs in a Spaceship. Now there's two. This is Why awesome. do you hate that episode? It's yeah, not I, great, I, but it's not a dark <laughs> I hate dinosaurs on a spaceship, okay? The only reason it's a two and not a... Like, I rarely give things a two. It's either a three or a one. But, like, two... I only gave um, dinosaurs a two, mostly because of nostalgia. But And I give this a two because the Graham stuff is actually good. But, jeez, both of them are so boring. And I just was so close to falling asleep on both of them. Well, we're not reviewing dinosaurs, but I would disagree with you on there. I don't think it's boring. I no, think there's actually too much... Please. No, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. But as, I, podcast of the web player, by the way, I am. I refuse to join that one. <laughs> that will. That one will just be me singing its praises. But no, I think uh, my issue with dinosaurs on a on a related slight tangent is that there's too much going on and he's trying to do too much, as opposed to it being boring. But um, yeah. Uh, it, it, then again, that, there's moments of that in here, like I said, where they're trying to introduce lots of ideas and stuff. So and yet somehow it ends up being boring. So I can't say you're flat out wrong. I guess. But, uh, yeah, so that's a two from me and a two from you, Jamie. Xander, <laughs> I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> I've been in LLB for literally five days, literally, because <laughs> I got it from Tuesday. And by God, I have never seen an episode that is so bad that I have ever had to pass sentence of a zero out of ten. This, oh. episode, this episode deserves to rot in jail with a life sentence with no chance of parole. Send him down. Oh, I don't believe anything's a zero. There's got to be something. No, I don't think like, even the worst thing on like the web planet, at least the scenery looks nice and everyone, <laughs> and um, the main cast can act. Yeah, I did say, I think. Um, Capaldi has one good line, and the, again, it looks nice. Like I'm, the, not gonna, I'm not going to pile on to you if, you if you think zero out of ten, fair play. Um, that's, that's your sentence, as you said. But... I never give anything a zero. Yeah, I mean, I would probably give it at least half a point just for the fact that I forgot to mention that I think the special effects and the way that the episode is filmed in HD and, and stuff is at least looks kind of pleasant. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I, mean, I, I do like how it looks, but this is coming from somebody who thinks the whole year looks better than the Chipnall era. Well, fair enough. Fair enough. It's all opinions. But uh, yeah, so working out the average then of two, two, and zero. <laughs> 
The Battle of Ranskor Avkoles then from the Spin the Wheel podcast gets a fantastic score of 1.3 out of 10. 1.3 recurring out of 10. Well, we'll we'll round it down (laughs) as well. So yeah, I think suffice to say that's probably going to be the lowest rated episode we've ever done. Uh, Lower than even the really... I mentioned in time. I know, exactly. Uh, I, I, uh, I rewatched that for my birthday with some of my friends, and it was the funniest thing we've done. No it's one. fun. I mean, Dimensions in Time is trash, but at least it's fun yeah, and entertaining. A negative and... 10. A negative 10. <laughs> it's like enjoyment. It's ironically beautiful. Yeah. Fair enough. But uh, no, so yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see if anything can ever top this probably isn't the right phrase but <laughs> do worse than this um but yeah you would probably give it a seven or something it'll bump it up yeah oh yeah i would give it a six or a seven easy yeah definitely uh, there's very few that there's a chance that if i was forced to review in the forest of the night or even the eaters of light that i might be coming close to xander's zeros but we haven't come up with those yet so, um... again don't have me on in the forest of the shark please <laughs> I don't know if I'd be able to do it, but yeah, I feel bad for making people watch this episode. And uh, again, if you like it, fair play to you. Like I said, there were things I clawed onto that I did like. And if you feel like you want to defend it, I'm, I'd love to hear it because it's always nice to see somebody got something out of something, even if you didn't. But I think it's safe to say all three of us here, not fans, Xander. <laughs> actively wants to burn every copy of it in existence so <laughs> that'll do um, it for us you know, but... because i have a copy of it on iplayer <laughs> oh well fair enough but yeah so i was supposed to make a point here that um we would normally spin the wheel for the next episode but we have a schedule of um a bunch of episodes that are almost back-to-back recordings so we've had to already spin the wheel in advance um the next episode therefore has been decided uh, we're recording i'm not on that one but i believe it's being recorded tomorrow from where we are now and the episode that they're going to be reviewing is the mind robber um Ooh, oh they get a good episode yeah i know tell me about it and we'll swap out this I'm one to be watching the battle of rice and beans <laughs> exactly but yeah i don't think i would ever want to revisit uh revisit this one anytime soon so yeah um it just remains for me to say i, I, I thank you i guess for joining us and uh, perhaps I'm even go more to, i'm gonna go back to editing my heart around <laughs> even more appropriately than thank you i'm sorry maybe you would perhaps be the uh, the best thing but yeah it's always good to hang out with you guys and uh, and talk to you even if it's something terrible so thanks for joining us uh, did you want to leave uh, any information about where people can follow you or find your hot takes no. on the uh, don't bother following my Twitter. I left it a long time ago for the good, for the greater good. Um, so subscribe to my YouTube channel, Mario Bells Four Nine Four. Working on a big Hartnell ranking video, which hopefully will get loads of views. <laughs> yeah, not from me. If you're going to give the Web Planet less than a five. Yeah. Well, anyway, well that'll probably all get cut out. But yeah. So let me just quickly wrap Come everything on. up here and see. Uh, <laughs> thanks guys for, for joining us if you have listened all the way through this and uh, yeah join us next time for a review of the mind robber and uh, I'm sure that uh, if you keep an eye on our YouTubes you'll be seeing Xander and Jamie around our various podcasts and quiz shows and things again so uh, mm-hmm. again thanks for joining us fellas and uh, catch you guys later bye 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 bye